We're starting a, a series today called uh, Your 2022 Plan. For some reason in my head, I always want to say 2020. I'm still stuck in 2020. I've got I to gotta switch this in my head. I actually had to look at the numbers to make sure I said it right. Okay, so today and then next week we're looking at this. I'm going to be preaching from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. So uh, it will come up on the screen, and we actually have free Bibles in the lobby if you, want, uh, if you don't have a Bible. And um, I just want to say, actually, uh, before I go any further, I want to say a special thank you to a few people uh, for our... I really enjoyed, I was really blessed by our Christmas Eve service that we did, our online service. And I want to thank all of our kids that read Scripture. It was amazing. All the parents that sent in all the videos, all the kids reading Scripture. I hope you were blessed by that. And uh, for all the volunteers, the worship team, Merrick, uh, Ali and Jacob as well, who served to, to pre-record that, and our audio team back there and our visual tech team. I just want to give everyone a big thank you. Could we give everyone a big clap? And my wife, too, who preached at our Christmas Eve service. My awesome wife over here who did an amazing sermon finishing up our Peace on Earth series um, for our Christmas Eve Advent service. And it was just a wonderful time. I meant to mention that earlier on, but I didn't want to forget. So, okay, so we're starting this series today, next week, and uh, we're looking at this passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17. I'll read it in a minute, uh, but before I do, uh, let, me just, let me just start by saying this. So this was, um, I've picked this passage for the next, we're going to do the first part today and then the second part uh, next week. And I picked this passage because um, I think it is God wants to speak to us through this and to give us a vision to launch us into 2022. You know, I think we need, we, we need to have some intention, some hope, some, some vision, some faith for this coming year. Uh, because it's been a rough season, right? It's been a tricky season, season of all kinds of challenges and difficulties for all kinds of people and for all kinds of churches and for our church as well. And so I'm excited for the possibilities and the potential and the things that God wants to do in us and through us at Trinity this year. So this letter, we're going to be reading from 2 Timothy. This was written shortly after the life and ministry of Jesus a couple of thousand years ago. And it was written by a guy called the Apostle Paul. Okay, Apostle Paul, some people refer to him as a Saint Paul. But Paul uh, was an early Christian leader and a very profound leader, and uh, he is writing to his friend, his uh, disciple that he's raising up, his kind of training leader, uh, Timothy. That's why it's called Timothy, because it's the guy he's writing to is called Timothy. And Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's writing to him because he wants to encourage him in his Christian faith. He wants to give him instructions of how to live, how to live out the Christian faith, how to obey Jesus, how to follow Jesus, but also how to fulfill his ministry. Timothy had a calling to Christian ministry. And Paul is writing to him saying, giving him instruction, giving him encouragement, helping him follow Jesus, follow the path that he should be on. And so what has been recorded for us in history as an encouragement and instruction to Timothy is now being preserved by God that we might receive encouragement and that we might receive instruction from it as well. It's so important for us. Let me pray, and then we're going to read this passage. Jesus, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you for every single person who's here today in person and online. Lord, thank you that you are with us, Lord, that you've got a plan for us this year, for 2022, and that you have got good things in store for us, that you've called us to do good works. You prepared good works in advance for us, and I pray you would help us walk into them. You'd help us to learn from this passage of Scripture we're going to look today, that we might be encouraged and instructed in our faith to walk into your purposes and to trust you all the more. So God, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Would you guide us today? Would you give us fresh faith, fresh vision, fresh hope for this year, and help us trust you all the more? We pray it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Let's read here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Apostle Paul writes this, he says to Timothy, he says, says, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil, evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings." which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is God's Word. As I said, I'm going to be teaching from the first few verses of this today and then finishing it off next Sunday, so I won't be explaining or expounding all of the verses today, but over the next two, over the, the two weeks, we'll be, be looking at these. So the Apostle Paul is uh, a spiritual father figure to Timothy. He's taking him under his wing, and he is, is, is open and, and willing to pour his life into Timothy. And we see in Timothy, we see somebody who is willing, and, and op- not just willing, but open. He desires to receive from the Apostle Paul, from Paul's input into his life. And this dynamic between them, you also see that dynamic between Jesus and his disciples, and there's lots of examples of this throughout the Bible, but you see it here between Paul and Timothy. This shows us two sides of the Christian life, two sides of the Christian life. One side, we can look to Timothy, and we can say he exemplifies followership. Timothy exemplifies followership. Timothy has a desire to receive and wants to grow and learn and wants to receive from somebody more mature who's further on than him, who knows more than him, who has more experiences than him. He's eager to receive from that. This is the, the foundational, foundational attitude of the Christian life is that we're all, that's what it means to be a disciple. The word disciple means student. So Christians, we're, we're eternal students. We never fully graduate. There are levels of of, of you know, maturity and growth, but we're always learning because God's always ahead of us. God's infinite, so you can never quite catch up. You're always, there's always more to learn. There's always more to grow in. It's wonderful. But, and that's even what the word Christian means. The word Christian means little Christ. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm trying to mimic the life of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul elsewhere writes, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we're not just to follow any old person, anyone claiming to follow Jesus or anyone claiming to know Christian things. We're specifically supposed to be following people and being submitted to the authority of God. Ultimately, we're following Christ. We want to be in the image of Jesus. But also, we want to be following those who are also trying to imitate and follow Jesus. That's the the foundational attitude. The foundational mindset is is a humble mindset of the Christian faith that says, what do I know? Who am I? I'm really nothing compared to God. And I need, I, there's a lot I need to learn. There's a lot I need to receive. I've got so far to go. 
doesn't matter how far you come, you always got to have that mindset of, man, I've still got so far to go. Still so, every day, every day you're blessed with breath in your lungs and you wake up and you say, God, God bless me with another day today. You can tell yourself, you can say, I know, wow, I've got so far to go. This is the, the fundamental mindset. And you see, see it in Timothy here saying, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student, I'm a learner, I'm a, I'm a disciple. I've got this attitude of followership, followership down. And then on the other side, that's one side of the Christian faith, the Christian walk. And on the other side of it, we see the Apostle Paul. Here's a man who cares about the development of other Christians. He cares about, especially younger Christians like Timothy, and he cares about investing in others and seeing them grow, seeing them become more like Christ, to mature in their faith. Now, Paul himself is still somebody who has to receive. As I said, in the Christian life, you never get out of that phase. You're always in the receiving phase. But Paul has learned to go from only being a follower to also being an initiator, being somebody who says, I, I caring beyond just my own growth in Christ, beyond just my own maturity, I'm, I'm caring beyond that to now I want to pour out and invest in others. And this is, this is, this is, this, these are the, the two mindsets that we need to cultivate in our lives, constantly cultivating these two mindsets. And the, the exciting thing about it is, is that you don't actually have to grow that much in order to then turn around and what the growth you have experienced in God as a, as a Christian, the growth you, you receive from him, you can very quickly turn around and start sharing that with others and start, start investing that into others. You don't have to have a whole bunch of stuff figured out. You don't have to have, understand all the diff difficult things in the Bible. You don't have to understand all these things. You just have to have a little bit of growth. And then God says, okay, now I've got, a, I've got some works for you to do. I've got some things I want you to grow in. I want, I want some, some other people around you that I want you to pour this into. That's why our purpose statement as a church is to enjoy and share the grace of Jesus. So we, we start with this idea, I, I want to receive, I want to enjoy the blessings of God and receive from God and receive from others and the leaders that God puts in my life. I want to receive from those sources of authority if they're truly imitating Jesus as well. But then also I want to turn around very quickly and start pouring that into others, start sharing that into others. And it doesn't take very long. It's a very exciting mindset to have. We're not always initiating. We're not always doing that, but we are always following. We're always following. Jesus is the shepherd. He leads us. We're the sheep. We, we follow him. But then he also, he also recruits us to be under shepherds, to then help with the flock as well. It's a very exciting aspect of the Christian life. And, but of these two sides of the Christian life, one is foundational. If we're not receiving, we're not in a strong place to then pour out into others. I think that that's, should be fairly obvious to say. If we're not receiving, if we're not getting this foundational thing right, how can we then grow to a point where we're able to bless others and invest in others and share with others what we have received from God? I want to look at some keys to followership that we see in this passage. I want to reread verse 10, the first verse. Look at some key aspects of being a follower. So verse 10, Paul says this. He says to Timothy, You, however have followed my teaching. And he says that because in the, the passage, to give some context, the passage before this, he's talking about people who basically follow their own passions. Their own, they're selfish people. They're, they're following their own ways, their own rules. Their own, they don't desire God. They're just in it. They're in things for, they're just selfish. And Paul's saying, but Timothy, you're not like that. You have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. These are some things he lists out. What does it mean to follow somebody's teaching? Let's take these one at a time. What does it mean to follow somebody's teaching? This is about, this is about obviously following sound teaching. So we want to be testing. The great, the great thing is, is that God's given us a copy, a copy of the book. 
So any teaching you received, you can go and check, is it right? It's important. It's important that we're discerning, you know, is, is, is the teaching sound? Is it sound doctrine, as Paul calls it elsewhere? Is, it, is, is, is the teaching sound? But to, to, to be somebody who receives teaching, who, who's a follower, and you receive teaching, is, is to be a good listener, right? So, so we're really listening. We're really trying to embody and really trying to receive into ourselves to internalize the teaching that we receive. We don't just come to church to feel better about ourselves. It's not just, oh, during the week I really struggle and I'm struggling so much and then I come to church to get my like spiritual boost and then I feel a bit better. I'm reminded that God loves me and that helps me. Now, that does happen, that should happen, but, but really coming to church and getting teaching or being in a small group and receiving teaching, it's, about, it's not just about getting a boost, it's about internalizing it so that those words and those ideas from the Bible become your own. That you're, no longer, you're not just somebody who just hears stuff and you go, well, it must be true, it must be, but you're, some, you're somebody who, you, 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 the words become your own words. You, you, you internalize it to the point where you say, I, I don't just hear it, I understand it. I'm really listening to what's being taught, really paying attention to it. That's what it means. That's why Paul can say, hey, you followed my teaching. You followed my teaching. What a joy to be able to say that. If you're pouring out Bible teaching to hear somebody reflect back to you, wow, like that's, I'm actually taking this into, into my heart and actually internalizing it. And these are the words that then come out. These are the words that come out. And obviously, that's why you have a copy of the Bible too. And if you don't, then take one of ours. But uh, so that so you can say, is this sound teaching? Is this good teaching that I'm receiving? And how can I follow this teaching all the more? Then Paul says to him, you followed my conduct. You followed my conduct. Now, this is about beyond just hearing and listening and internalizing and actually aligning your life to the truth. This is now about how do I change my behavior? How do I live differently in the world because of what I've heard? And this is the danger for a lot, honestly, a lot of churches, a lot of Christians can fall into the danger and fall into the idea of being a hearer but not a doer. So you hear the idea of, you know, I should love other people or I should forgive or I should show grace or whatever, all these things, you hear it, but then when it comes to it, we don't do it. That's the danger, right? So, so, so what a compliment to say, you have followed my conduct. You've not just heard what I've said, but you're actually doing the things that I do. You're living the way that I live. And that's, we, and part of the being in a Christian community is that, that we need each other in order to actually grow in this. You can't learn it in isolation. You can't just learn it by yourself. You have to, you, it, it rubs off on you from other people. So, so the, the idea of, you know, learning to forgive, like how are you going to learn to forgive if you're not in situations that <laughs> require some grace and some forgiveness? which means being around people you don't always like or you don't always get along with. So you have opportunities to forgive them, right? That's why church can be hard sometimes, but why it's so rewarding and so good when we actually, when we actually stick at those things and work at those relationships. But, but Timothy had followed Paul's conduct. And then he says, you followed my aim in life. You followed my aim in life. Now, you can't take this as saying, okay, you're just gonna, everyone's just going to do the same thing in life because we all have different... We all have different giftings, different temperaments, different personalities. We're all called to do different things. We'll do different work. But the idea of being a Christian is that the longer you go on, you realize, you're like, what? yeah, we've all got different jobs and we've got different personalities. We express ourselves in different ways, but we're all aiming at the same thing. We're all, we're all living to make much of Jesus. So it doesn't matter what context we're in or what we're doing or who we are or how different we are to each other. We've all got this basic mindset, this basic attitude that says, yeah, but it's all about Jesus. It's all about aiming at Jesus and making much of Jesus. And so 
to say, for, for Paul to say to Timothy, to compliment him, say, you, you copied my aim in life. Because so, so Timothy's involved in ministry like Paul is, but that he's a different person. He's got different giftings, different temperament. He has to do some different things than Paul's doing. And he's not always with the apostle Paul as well. And so, but he's saying, you, you, you've copied, you, you've, you've mimicked, you've followed my aim in life. And as Christians, again, this is, this is a very exciting thing. That, that this, can be, this can be one thing that actually can help you discern who you should receive more from and who you should invest more in. Somebody who you can tell that their biggest aim in life is making much of Jesus. Because you can tell, and maybe when, you, when we analyze ourselves, maybe we can be aware, you know what? When I look inside, I'm more consumed with my fears, my anxieties, other goals I have, other things I'm trying to achieve. I'm more consumed with those, those are my aims Actually, the big aim, the big aim of just glorifying Jesus and everything I do, it's, if I'm honest, it, it needs to grow. It needs to be bigger because I'm more consumed with these other things. And so if you, to be around somebody who you can tell, man, their aim in life, no matter what's happening to them, their aim in life is to make much of Jesus, that's the kind of person you want to receive from. If you can identify somebody like that in your life, you say, that's, I want to spend more time with that person because that's going to rub off on me. That's, I want to follow that. I want to be a good follower. And, and, to, and to be impacted by that person's life. And then if you are aware of somebody else, you say, you know, I don't think they've quite crossed that bridge yet. They're, 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 yes, they love Jesus, or yes, they're, they're a good person, and, you know, they're a, they're a believer, and, but, you know, they seem to be, I don't know if their aim in life is, is, is as strong as it should be in terms of following Jesus. You know, that's somebody I could invest in. That's somebody I could help grow a bit. I could, I could bless them in some way and help serve them in some way, obviously, Growing, we do that relationally. We discern and test how much of a voice do I have in somebody's life? How can I share with them? We're always asking those kind of questions. And then Paul goes on, though, and he says to Timothy, you know, you've, you've, you've copied, you've followed my, uh, what does he say? He says, my faith, my, my patience. He says, you've, you've, you've followed my love and my steadfastness. These are, these are traits of the Christian life. This is what it means to be like Jesus, to say you, you, you've been patient like I've been patient. I mean, Hopefully it doesn't sound too braggy on Paul's part, saying I'm, I'm a really loving, patient, steadfast person, and hey, you're just like me. You know. uh, but but what, what confidence that you could have, that you could say this to somebody else, say, you know, I've really tried to follow, I've really tried to express the love of Christ to people. I've really tried to be steadfast in my faith. I've really grown, you know, and Paul is somebody of a very strong faith, and he's saying to Timothy, you've mimicked these things. You have a strong faith, and in large part, you, you received a lot of that from me. You followed it. You've emulated it. What a great, what a great thing. That's, that's a big reason why we have small groups at Trinity, why we're so big. We talk so much about small groups. And, you know, Sundays are great. It's great to come in and worship together and take communion together and hear the Bible, uh, you know, Bible teaching together. Like, all of that's really important. But, man, in a small group, you get to know people more. You get, you get more engaged, more involved. You get closer to people. That's why it's so, so, so crucial to be invested and be involved in in a, in a Christian community. And I'd encourage you, don't leave today without checking out our small groups and joining one of those groups. He also, Paul also says, you've followed me into my sufferings and my persecutions. And he lists several places where he was persecuted for his faith. And this is one of the sobering things about being a Christian. Uh, you know, Christians in the West, we're not typically persecuted uh, like other Christians in other parts of the world are. I mean, there are Christians around the world dying for their faith, imprisoned for their faith. We don't experience quite that level of persecution, but we can be persecuted uh, in different ways. And uh, this is one of the hard things to grapple with. The realities of our faith is that, yeah, we're going to have opposition to the things that we believe in, our followership of Jesus. We're going to be opposed uh, because of that. 
And I'm not really going to, I'm not going to touch on this too much because I want to, we're actually doing a series in two weeks. After we finish this, uh, your 2022 plan, we're starting a series called Questioning God. And we have some uh, invites for this in the lobby. It's called Questioning God. And it's about eight weeks. And we're tackling some really big topics. And one of the ones we well, I'll, I'll go through them real quick, but we're tackling uh, the first week. So it'll be January 16th. We're going to uh, do, uh, there can't just be one true religion. It's a big question that lots of people are asking. There can't just be one true religion. Then the, the next week we'll be doing uh, how could a good God allow suffering? Then we'll be doing isn't uh, Christianity restrictive and oppressive? Uh, then uh, why is the church responsible for so much injustice? Uh, how can a loving God send people to hell? Haven't, uh, hasn't science disproved Christianity? This is hard to read in this light. <laughs> Maybe I need glasses. I might be getting old enough to need, need glasses now. Um, isn't it foolish to trust the Bible? And does our culture still need its Christian roots? So some really big topics, really big foundational questions we're going to be going through. It'll be a great series, I think, for us, for all of us who are believers, but also people who are looking into the Christian faith to be, asked, to, to be answering these questions in a coherent, faith-building way. But we're going to be going through that, that second week there, how could a good God allow suffering? That's one of the biggest barriers to people coming to faith. We're going to be answering that question in a very profound, very empower, uh, empowering and, and powerful way. So I, w- I won't get too much into it today, uh, but I'll just say this, that suffering, since suffering is unavoidable, one of the ways that we actually, uh, that we see from Paul here is Paul saying, you, Timothy, you've shared in my sufferings. You've shared in my persecution. Suffering's unavoidable. We all suffer. I suffer. Our family suffers. Many of you suffer in different ways. That's the other reason that we need to be in these kind of relationships, this, this followership that we're a part of, this Christian community that we're a part of, because we help each other through our sufferings. Because when somebody in your life is weak, oftentimes you're strong and you can help them. They can lean on you. And then when you're weak, somebody else around you is strong and you can lean on them. That's the beauty of Christian community, Christian relationship, that we lean on each other and we help each other through those things and in those things. Now, Paul warns, he's giving these warnings in this passage we read, and he's like, hey, look, there's going to be imposters. So anyone that likes among us can relate to this. Uh, There's imposters, right? And uh, evil people, imposters, people who go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And I'm going to actually talk more again on this next week. But uh, really quick, just to say this, that we've really got to take responsibility because for our own growth in Christ, for our own maturity in Christ, because if we don't, Apostle Paul saying, look, there's a bunch of people around who are imposters, which means there might be people even that are in the church at times who say the right things, but they don't really live it out. Or sometimes they don't say the right things. They say twisted things. And you actually have to discern, is this true or not? Is this right? Is this helpful or not? And if I'm being deceived, the danger is if I get deceived, then I may unintentionally deceive others. And so taking great ownership over our own maturity in Christ, intentionally wanting to grow in Christ so that we can avoid deception and avoid being deceived and deceiving others by accident or on purpose so that we can glorify God all the more. And so in verse 14 here, he says to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and what you firmly believed. And so as Christians, this is one of the biggest challenges is as you go through life, you can forget things you've learned. You can forget important things that you've learned. And you can drift away from it. And, some, and sometimes you, you, you come back to it later on and you say, you know, I, I used to do that. I used to be good at that. Or I, I had a stronger grasp of that. Or I was more disciplined in that habit. Or I was stronger in this area. And as time goes on, you realize, 
man, that got weak somehow. Somehow I, I lost what I had. And, or sometimes you look at it and you say, well, they're just areas I've not grown much in at all. That, either way, it can happen. And Paul's saying to Timothy, hey, I've, I've poured into you. And what I've poured into you, what you've received, don't stop. Continue in it. So today and next week, I want to give us some tools. I want to give us some, I want to give us some, 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 some things, really tangible things that we can latch onto that will help us that will be an impartation to us that will help us to continue in the things we have received, but then also the things that we do receive to not lose them, to continue to move forward in the Christian faith. So I want to take you guys through this thing called the Discipleship Blueprint. The Discipleship Blueprint. You're each going to get a copy of this. My kids are going to help hand this out. You guys spread out. Everyone gets a copy. Or you can get more than one copy if you want. I've got plenty of copies up here for everyone. If you're online, you can download a copy of this. We're going to show it on the screen, actually. We've got a copy of this here. I'm going to take you through this, what I call the discipleship blueprint. And uh, if if you're online and you want to get your own copy of this, you can download it at try.church slash disciple. All right? Or anyone. You can get a PDF copy at try.church slash disciple. So, now, here's what, if I get everyone's attention, I know everyone's immediately reading this, which is always the danger in giving a handout, is that people, people look ahead and read ahead. Don't worry, I'll take you, we'll go through it bit by bit, all right, we'll go through it bit by bit. I want to explain to you how this works, I want to encourage you to try this. This process, this blueprint may not work for everyone, but let me just encourage you, if you automatically assume that it won't work for you, may I ask for just a little bit of openness to at least try it. And I would argue that the process I'm about to explain to you is already what most people do when they're intentionally thinking about growing or maturing in something and being intentional about that. This process just codifies it. It just puts, it just puts a system to it, a little process to it. Very, I always like things that are in threes, right? Because Trinity, Trinity is a three. So we've got three easy steps here of a discipleship blueprint. So we're going to go through this bit by bit, all right? So the first, uh, the top thing here says, to master the Christian life, you must first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So that's Matthew chapter 7, verse 5. So this is Jesus saying, look, before you can really, again, this idea of, of followership, before you can really invest in others and help others, you've got stuff in, you're blind to certain things. You've got you to work on that. That's the foundation. You always need to be doing that. And once you get a bit of growth, once you get a bit of a breakthrough, then you're in a strong position to then say, I, I can actually start blessing others and start initiating with others and start helping others grow in these things as well. This is what it means to master, to go deeper in the Christian life. So we've got these three big steps. So we've got, we've got three, three important stages to discipleship. First one is revelation. Second one is rhythm. And the third one is review. Revelation, rhythm, review. Beautiful alliteration there, right? Are you happy with that? I'm really happy with that. I just love, I'm always happy with alliteration. Now, this whole thing is best to do with other people. You can do it by yourself. Some people, if you're, if you're the kind of person that can, you know, is great doing like online schooling, you can sit at home by yourself and just to complete all the lessons and you're just like totally on it, motivated, you know, all that good stuff, then, then, then this is going to be easy for you to sit down and just knock this out. But most people aren't like that. Most people learn with other people and learn in a group 
and need accountability and need encouragement and need to see how other people are doing it, right? So this is best with other people. So in our small groups this semester, I would encourage our small group leaders, maybe this is something we could use in our small group, right? Maybe this is something you can, you, you've got a friend or somebody in your life. You say, hey, let's do this together. So you could do this for the year. You could do it any kind of frequency. You can look at this once a week, once a month, once a quarter, once a year, depending on what it is you feel that you need to be growing in. So the first step here is revelation. Revelation. So we can go to that second one there. Thank you. And what we've got here is, so under, after revelation, it says, seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. So this is the idea that my aim in life, my goal, what I'm, what I'm shooting at here, what, I, what I'm focused on, isn't something that I want to come up with. It's not something that I just feel excited about. I want to seek first God's kingdom. I want to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to focus on? What is it that you're putting your finger on in me? And how do I respond to that? So that's the idea of revelation. I'm receiving. God is revealing to me. He's giving me revelation, insight into what area, something in my life that I want to intentionally become a better follower, a better Christian in. And then I've broken this down into three columns. And as a church, we have three main priorities. God's living word, God's empowering presence, and God's renewing work. So the living word is obviously all about the Bible. Right, the unchanging truth of God's word, but it's, it's living and active. It has power to it. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff under there. And then the, the second column there, the middle column, is God's empowering presence. So this is our second priority as our church. So, so firstly, it's the Bible. Then secondly, it's God's presence with us, that God comes through the Holy Spirit to empower us, empower us for ministry, to grow um, fruitful character in us, to speak to us, that we hear actually are guided by the voice of the Holy Spirit and that we are moving in supernatural ways as well, stretching our faith, seeing God do powerful things in us and through us. That's God's empowering presence. And then the third one, renewing work. This is God's overall mission. This is a comprehensive view of God's mission in the world, uh, that God's given us good works to do, works that make things new, that bring things to life, that are resurrection powerful works. That's, that's one of the big points of being a Christian is that we things that have died we help them come back to life. So we do that with people, with their spiritual, you know, with them coming alive to God. People are dead spiritually, they come alive to God. Things are broken in the world. There's injustices in the world. We, we, we tackle those things and we want to bring things to life. We want to bring, bring reconciliation in those things. We want to renew the things in the world that have fallen, that are broken. This is a big part of our Christian calling. And so each time that we might go through this discipleship blueprint by ourselves or with others, my suggestion is, and this is kind of what I do, is I move through each category. So if I've started with living word and I'm like, let's say you pick the first one on here, which is Bible devotion. You say, hey, I want to be better at having Bible devotion, being reading the Bible more frequently and learning from the Bible. Like, it's not a great habit maybe. And I need to do better with that. So you, if you pick that, then the next, then if you've grown in that, you're like, hey, I'm doing better with that. I've, I've matured in that. I'm, I'm, you know, making progress in that. Then the next time you look at this, you might pick something in the second column. Say, oh yeah, well, you know, I want to do something else. So maybe it's I want to grow in generosity. Maybe I'm not, not doing great with that. Maybe um, there's something I need to repent of. There's sin in my life. I need to, to, you know, more help at changing. Or I want to get better at praying. You know, my prayer life needs to increase. Or whatever it might be. There's all kinds of things on here that you can focus on. There's also, the last one on there says other. It could be that God just put something on your heart. These are suggestions, by the way. But it could be that God puts something on your heart that isn't on here. And you just write it in. You say, that's what I'm going to focus on because that's what God is calling speaking to me about. And then the third, you know, and then the next time you do it, you might go into the renewing work and look through that list uh, there as well. 
So there's different things here that you can look at different times that you do this blueprint, and you can move through the three columns to make sure that actually that we're growing comprehensively, that we're not just looking at devotion stuff, we're not just looking at listening to the Spirit, but we're also looking at being on, God, on God's mission in the world. Those are the three big priorities as a church that we have. So that's the first thing. It's coming up with what is my focus? What's, what's God putting his finger on? What should I aim at? And then the second thing here is rhythm. Rhythm. So Proverbs 6, verse 6 says, chapter 6, verse 6 says, Go to the ant and consider her ways. So I love this verse because, you know, a, a queen ant doesn't have, it says, you know, doesn't have any ruler. There's no one in charge, no one else. You know, there's no, they don't have a constitution. They don't, they don't have, you know, any, 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 any manager to oversee them. They just, they, it says they, they, they prepare things in summer for the winter. They basically store up food in, in the summer for, in preparation for the winter. So God, the Bible's saying, like, look at how these little creatures are thinking ahead and making better plans for the prosperity of their own future. Be like the ant. Be like the ant. The ant don't, don't let the ant be smarter than you. You're smarter than the ant, so be like the ant. All right, so this is our rhythm. This is, these are our habits. These are the ways we live. This is our, the cycles of our lives, all right? So we've got a few things under here that we could ask ourselves. So A, as we go through this process, we can ask ourselves, well, who else is mastering something like this, and how can I emulate them? This is the, the Apostle Paul Timothy thing. Well, who, who do I know? So let's say it's Bible devotion. Let's say, let's say you pick that first one in that first column. You say, I want to grow in my Bible devotion. Then you ask yourself, well, who's doing really good at this? Who's somebody else I know who's got this down and they're, they're just great at it and it's, they're, they're consistent at it? How, how can I emulate them? How can I follow their example? What, can I, what things do they know that I don't know? What things have they figured out that I haven't been able to figure out? Asking them those questions, trying to mimic them, trying to learn from them. Then B says, what's the most important habit or next step? This is super, super practical. This is where we can have a disconnect sometimes. We can be so excited about doctrine or teaching or truth or hearing things from God or singing worship songs or whatever. We can get excited and our emotions get stirred up. But there's got to come a moment when we have the maturity where we say, what do I need to do? Whether I feel like it or not, whether it seems easy or not, how do I need to live this out? What's an important habit or an important next step that I need to introduce into my life? To actually build a habit around, build a rhythm around a revelation. And then C is, who can critique and provide accountability? So that's a great question. That question there should push each of us into deeper connection, deeper relationship with other people to say, who can help me with this? How can I get more accountability in my life? All right, that's revelation and rhythm. Fairly straightforward. I hope that makes sense. I would argue that we all tend to do some of these things already. This is just, this is just amping it up. This is just making it even more intentional and focused. All right, they go to the third one, review. This is the final step. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40 says, test and examine our ways. Test and examine our ways. So A, we're going to ask ourselves, what things can I celebrate and commiserate? So this is, I'm going to look at, I'm going to think about how, how, how is my rhythm going towards my revelation? How am I living out the Christian life, the things I need to grow in? How's it going? What can I celebrate? What, what did I do well at? What can I commiserate? What, what's some, what are some of the things I've, I've not really followed through on or haven't worked out the way I thought they'd work out? Like, What are the pros and the cons? What are the wins and the losses? That's another way to say that. 
And it's important to do that because sometimes we can beat ourselves up and we can say like, oh, I'm just failing at this. I'm, not, I'm doing a terrible job at this. And we actually have to celebrate the wins, even if they're small wins. But we also have to be realistic and say like, you know what, this is where I'm struggling. Because you can only grow and mature in something if you actually recognize this is the, 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 the area where I'm struggling to make growth in this area. And then C, uh, sorry, B, I didn't do B. B is uh, what adjustments can I make? So how can I go back to the drawing board? How can I ask myself, how, you know, what can I do better? How can I change? What I, what I set out to do in the beginning isn't working. Well, okay, I can, that's okay. I can come back to it and figure out a different way. I can talk to somebody else. I can get more insight into this. I can try a different way. And then C is asking now another question, the final question, which is how can I multiply my growth by serving, assisting, or leading? Serving, assisting, or leading. And there's diff all kinds of different ways we can serve each other or serve in the church, all kinds of different ways we can assist or we can lead as well. And then Matthew 21, verse 6 says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. I want to encourage you to hold on to this and to try this. Maybe you have a similar process. Maybe you have something else you, you, you've tried. If you've got something else that really works for you, some kind of blueprint like this, stick with what works. All right? Stick with what's working for you. If you don't have anything, then try this. Say, I need, I, need, I need something like a tool like this in my life to be even more intentional about advancing in my faith, about being a better follower of Jesus, a, a follower that's, that's really taking this to heart, that's really trying to cultivate the right mindsets and the right habits uh, in my own life, following Jesus. And like I said, if you're online... And you don't, obviously you don't have a physical copy of this. You can download one at try.church slash disciple. Try.church slash disciple. Now this is obviously, I've designed this for Christians. And, but if you're not a believer in Jesus, you can still use this, right? You can still seek God for direction. You can still, um, you know, if you're not sure what God's saying to you, then pick that first one. Pick Bible devotion. You can't go wrong, right? Feeding yourself on God's word, you really can't go wrong. So pick that first one. But it begs the question, for those who aren't yet followers of Christ, is why? Why are you not following Jesus? And we're doing this alpha small group we've got this semester, and we're doing this questioning God series that we're doing uh, over the next several weeks because we, we really want to strengthen our own faith, shore up our own faith, and get more confidence in God. But also, we want to be reaching people. We want to be a church on mission, doing a renewing work in this city, helping people come alive to the Christian faith. And so I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus, to become a follower. There's no joy like following Jesus. To turn from your, your old ways, to come into the Christian faith, to trust Jesus, and to turn from your sin, to trust in him, for the, maybe for the first time today. But maybe there's all kinds of ways you want to respond. However you want to respond, we're going to respond in worship uh, as well. We're all going to sing and, and uh, respond in that way. But maybe there's many ways you need to respond today. Many ways that you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you, uh, if you want to join a small group, you want to get more involved at Trinity, if you want to give, whatever it might be, as I mentioned during the announcements, one way you can do that is through your Connect card, that digital Connect card. You can text the word ENJOY to 94000 and respond that way. But let's be thinking, let's be thinking, thinking this week, what's your blueprint? What's your plan for this week, for this month, for this for this quarter, for this year of growth, of being more like Jesus, of going deeper into your faith, what's your plan? This is one way to think about a plan. What's, what plan do you have in mind? And how can you go deeper into that plan 
And then next week, we're going to be continuing this and looking at the idea of God's word being breathed out, God's word being alive, and how we need to receive uh, from that in our lives uh, each and every day.